0: To In the Word with Pastor Don Haskins, where we open up the Bible to see what God's Word says and how it might apply to our lives. Our prayer is that you allow Jesus to change you from the inside out. And now, today's lesson. Philippians chapter 4, verses 1 through 9. Paul writing, he says, therefore, my beloved and longed for brethren, my joy and crown. So stand fast in the Lord, beloved. I implore Yodia and I implore uh, Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. And I urge you also, true companion, help these women who labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Will be with you. Father, I pray that you bless this time. Anoint my mind, my heart, my tongue to be able to articulate your word in such a way that we can grow, that we can draw closer to you, that we might know you better when we leave this building today than we do even as we stand here right now. Be with us, teach us. Lord, those areas in our life that are hard that are are ingrained, that are not in line with you, or not in concert with you, Father, I pray that you would allow each one of us to honestly come before you and say, Lord, if there's anything in my life today that you're gonna speak into that is not right with you, and you wanna uproot it, and you wanna do a work in my life, God, give me the courage, give me the boldness, and give me the strength to do just that because, Lord, I want to draw close to you. May that be every one of our prayers in this room. May we not be the same person when we leave this place as we are right now, but may we be changed into a a man or a woman that's, that's closer to you as we leave the building today. Change us, mold us, shape us, teach us, grow us, Lord. Convict us, encourage us, give us insight as only you can by the power of your Holy Spirit. Be with us this day and bless your word. Root it deep into our hearts that it might transform our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, you may be seated. All right. Let's do this. I'm excited because I don't get to do this um, it's really really hard to do this in the hotel room like I've done the two times that I've had to do cuz it's really weird and you you're there's nobody there and when you say something that you think that might be funny you can't laugh, you know? I mean, it's just if there's something serious, it's 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 hard to just talk in a hotel room, but uh I'm blessed that God has given us a tool like that. I think Paul would use a tool like that. That's what we're reading today, the book of Philippians. It's a letter that Paul wrote to the Philippians. He wrote it to them in response to the love that they had and gave to him by supporting him in his time of prison and and reaching out to him and and supporting him. And they sent a letter by a, a man by the name of Epaphroditus, Epaphroditus. And, and Epaphroditus, uh, he, he brought the letter to Paul and even at the peril of his own life. He became sick almost even unto death. We read back in chapter 2, I think it was. And, and almost to the point of death. But now Paul writes a letter back to the believers in Philippi. And so sometimes we can, we can make the Bible be something so distant from us and go, wow, it was something that happened way such a long time ago. And yes, it did, but, but sometimes we distance ourselves from it and we, we kind of keep the word at arm's length because we don't, it's, it's almost like we can't appropriate it to ourselves. We can't, we can't bring the Bible up to date to us, you know, and, and, and have something that would be like unto this and and it's in that that I would say what we did last week with a message via you know the, the the TV I think if Paul had the opportunity don't you think Paul would have done something like that if he was he couldn't be there with the Philippians don't you think if he had the capacity to actually have a iPhone you know in the in the jail sale with him you know and hey guys I love you guys and I pray for you unceasingly. Do I pray for you? I love you guys. And here's what I want to share with you. I want to encourage you guys today. And now here, Epaphrodites, take this, take it back and put it on the screen so they can, they can see me. They can hear my heart for them. And, and so I look at that. This is, that's what Paul did with this letter. He said, send this, take this letter, Epaphrodite, and, and take it back. To the believers there in in Philippi, I, I love those guys. I love those brothers and sisters, and encourage them with it, and 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 go and and he's going to say a, a little bit here, and we we read a little bit here, but he's going to take this thing back and and share with the believers. I love them, you know. Would Paul have been there in person if he could? Of course he would, and and so I look at you know the book of Philippi, you know, and, and uh, Philippians and and. I look at that and it's much like what's going on right now. I'm blessed to have Kevin here to be able to take my place when I'm out of the pulpit, but man, I'll tell you, I miss you guys. I miss being here to articulate the word to you guys. And it's hard to not be here. And but I know it's a season. It's only for a season, you know, the questions that I think hopefully are starting to wane away that I'm sure at there was a time where some of you were going. Wow, well, is he ever going to come back? Well, here I am. I'm back. I'm not going anywhere. I will be back. And but the thing is, never doubt. As, as Paul had a heart for the Philippians, that's my heart for you. I love you guys. I'm not leaving you. I'm not. I won't leave you. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to do what I can do. I'm going to encourage you. I want to love you guys. I want to pray for you guys. I want to be here for you guys. But sometimes it's un, I'm unable to do that. But as time goes on, I'm going to start to come back around, like it or not. I'm going to be back, so you know I, you're going to get you know you're going to see me a whole lot more. But I, I love this book of of the Philippians, the Philippians that Paul wrote. This is a neat passage for me to be able to teach, because there are certain things that I I, I want to encourage you with. I've been away from you, and and yet. There's been a couple Wednesdays, there's been a couple Fridays that I've been able to meet with some of you guys, and uh, some Tuesday nights, you know, in the men's study that I've been able to come back, and uh actually, I think the last two Tuesday nights, or was the last two, not last one, two before that, the two before that, I was able to come, I actually, uh, my father-in-law, Dick, picked me up at the airport, and came over here, and you know, got out of my uniform, and was able to sit and, and hang out with you guys, and and. And go in there and just glean but I, I look at this and here's a cool passage and I feel bad for Kevin because this is a really cool passage <laughs> you know he doesn't get to teach this passage he might come back and teach it and probably say well now Pastor Don taught, taught it last week but this is how it's really supposed to be taught okay he might say I don't know therefore my beloved and long for brethren you hear that you hear his heart that's my heart <laughs> and and when i was studying for this i'm going my goodness these are my words lord these are my words from my church these are my words from my family therefore my beloved and long-for brothers and sisters my joy and my crown that's who you guys are um i i got a little letter from and i'm i don't want to embarrass her or anything but i got a little letter from taylor and just the other day, that melted my heart. I've read that letter probably fifteen times, and I, I've I've wept at that letter. This is this is like a daughter of mine. And 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 I get the opportunity to 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 love you guys and to minister with you guys and and the worship team. I, I almost feel you know like I'm intruding to get back on the worship team, and yet. I, everybody is so gracious, and oh no, come on back in, come on, everybody, you know, do it, come on, come on, come on. And I'm okay. I, I love coming back in because I love that family, I love that worship, I love the worship team, I love being together. It's kind of bummed me out that we weren't all together today, but I long for the day we're going to be able to do it again. The thing is, is that this is what I love. You are my joy, my crown. You're it. You might go, well, I don't really feel like a crown you are to me you are Paul says you guys are my beloved my longed for brethren and, and my joy and my crown I, I identify with that And then he, and then he begins to encourage them as I want to encourage you so stand fast in the Lord my beloved my loved ones stand fast kind of the oxymoron, right? Like jumbo shrimp. You know. What's that? Government intelligence. Yeah. <laughs> stand fast. Quickly. No, it's be resolute. Stand fast in these things. Be quick to stand. Be quick to stand in your faith. Be quick to stand as a believer of the Lord Jesus Christ. Be quick to stand and stand fast. Don't let, don't let someone knock you down. Stand fast in the liberty that the Lord has given to you. Stand fast in the faith. Stand fast in the Lord Jesus Christ. Stand fast in the knowledge that you have, not only me, but Pastor Kevin, That loves you guys so much. Stand fast in the knowledge that you have people that are on your side. People that are praying for you. You got people in the flesh. You got, you got the Lord in the spirit that loves you. Stand fast in that. Stand fast and be resolute. Don't, don't, don't cower away. Don't, don't allow yourself to be knocked down. Stand fast. Stand fast. And, And it looks like that and and I I I looked at verse 2 and I thought well, I'm glad lord that that I I'm not coming back that I have to actually point out to anybody that there's a conflict going on but there is a conflict going on in Paul's church in, in Philippi Yodia and uh Syntyche uh, they're I don't know what it is. Yodia, her name means fragrance, and Sintike means fortune. (laughs) So I don't know if it's Yodia had some perfume that Sintike wanted to buy, and she said no. Or I don't know. (laughs) It's been a while. That's my attempt at a joke, okay? (laughs) Here's the thing: there was a problem. But Paul Paul pointed him out. He he named him. He says, Yodia and Sintike. I implore Yodia and I implore Sintike to be of the same mind in the Lord. Hey guys, we're on the same team. I'm blessed that I don't have to come back and say that to anybody. And I'm going, oh Lord, thank you that I don't have to teach on two. In reality, but in message and in encouragement, anytime we have more than two people as a part of a church, there will, there is. Opportunity for conflict. There will be conflict. And, and here's what Paul's doing. He's saying, Yodia and Syntike, I don't want to pick sides. Here's what I want to do. I just want you to be of the same mind. I want you to be of the same mind in the Lord. Not just the same mind. He added that in the Lord. Because here's the thing. You might we have a big, uh, problem that I see going on in the in our nation, especially right now. I hear it on the news, you hear it on the news, you hear it on talk shows, you hear it uh out there. Where someone especially we heard it around, you know, the the, the time of the Kavanaugh confirmation hearings, you know, in the 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 Supreme Court, where someone says, Well, my truth was this. His truth was something different. No, there's one truth. There isn't a whole bunch of truths there's one truth. And and the idea is what I'm saying here is that when Paul says be of the same mind in the Lord, he's not saying don't be of your own mind and uh, Yodia and Syntyche, you be of your mind because there's always going to be conflict if you are resolute instead you know uh you know uh stubborn in the way that you're thinking and stubborn in the way that you're thinking Syntyche, if if you're not going to 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 bend to each other, if you're not going to bow to one another, if you're not going to uh, uh, have patience with one another, and you're going to become so rigid in your dogmatism in what and I won't say dogmatism, but in your your views, these views will never meet. And so Paul says, "So be of one mind in the Lord, not not in yourselves, but in the Lord." Now what that does is that. It tears down, oh man, I can't hold on to something of bitterness. I can't hold on to some anger. I can't hold on to something. Well, Syntike, if, Lord, if you only knew what Syntike did to me, you know, or Yodia, you know, Yodia did this or she said that. Stop it. In the Lord. In the Lord. When he, when he, when he tags that on, he's saying, Okay, this removes your flesh from the situation. We've got to do it in the spirit. You can't do it. I can't do it. Sometimes we, we can't have a meeting of minds sometimes when we are only relying upon our, our point of view and our fleshly point of view. But when we come to a place where we go before the Lord and say, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. Lord, help me to see it your way. Guess what? You get two Christians that have that same heart. Guess what? They're going to come together again. And they're going to work together again. And they're going to be blessed together again. And they're going to bless the Lord. But as long as they hold on to their point of view or their truth. Well, my truth is this. My truth is that. And these truths, it's my truth and it's your truth. And they never, the twain shall never meet. But in the Lord, they will. In the Lord, the Lord has one way. I am the way, the truth, the life. I am the truth, Jesus says. There's only one way. One truth and one life. No one comes to Father except through me. So here's the thing. When we come to the Lord and we bow our will before the Lord and say, Lord, not my will, as Jesus said, but yours be done, we're able to to resolve conflicts very quickly. Now, it might not be resolved the way that your flesh would want it to be resolved. We're going to see that here in just a second. Sometimes God will do things and we're, we may not like the way that he does something. But in the end, when we're in heaven, well, we'll look at that here in a second. We're going to understand he had a plan through it all. He had a plan through it all. So he goes on, he says, "I, I want you to be I want you two gals to be of the same mind in the Lord. And I urge you also, true companion. He's talking now to Epaphrodites. I urge you now, Epaphrodites, help these women who labored in the Lord, who labored with me in the gospel, along with Clement also, and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. And, and so he's saying, Epaphroditus, you've been with me, you've been hanging out with me for a little while. We've been able to to spend some very, very quality time together. And the Lord allowed you to be sick for a season and it kept you around me for a while. And it gave us an opportunity to have our hearts mend to one another. Now, go and help these gals. Help Clement, who's there teaching. Help, Help my fellow workers in the gospel. Go back and help them. To grow and help them to, to be used of the Lord. Help them to go. Clement is most likely uh, uh, the writer of of actually two other Corinthian letters that we, we don't have access to right now. Probably the same Clement, who actually kind of became the pastor in Rome. And and so Paul he says, Hey, go back Epaphrodites and help these guys again, to be of the same mind in the Lord and to grow in the Lord. And then he breaks off into this in verse verse 4. He says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And, and I, I know I glossed over I don't want to gloss over this real quick. Whose names are written in the book of life. You know, the book of life is a book that will be opened in heaven. That there will... Every name that is written in the book of life it's a book that contains all of those who have submitted their heart to Christ who are saved who are going to spend an eternity with God in heaven but there are those names in this world today there might even be a name or two in this room that are not yet written in in that book of life and if your name's not written in that book of life you will not be in heaven and and as paul said to the to to uh, epaphrodites help these help these women epaphrodites who labored with me in the gospel what was the gospel what was paul doing he would go from town to town and he would preach the gospel gospel literally means good news the good news is that god loved you so much and that we can even re kind of rephrase it to understand what's going on God loved you so much that he gave his only begotten son that whoever's name is not written in the book of life that chooses to have their name there and receives him will have their names put in the Lamb's book of life. He died for you. He, he sacrificed himself for you. God loved you so much that he was willing to sacrifice his son in order to pay for your soul in order to have your name written in the book of life. But he will not write your name in the book of life without you desiring it. You don't want to go to heaven. You don't have to. It's called choice. So the ball is in your court. The ball's in my court. Jesus Christ came to save sinners, of which I am a sinner. Paul says, "I'm, I'm the chief of sinners. But here's the thing. Jesus came to pay for that sin. And he died for me and he gave me life. The gospel is, hey, my sin is going to buy me hell. My sin is going to buy me separation from God for all eternity. My sin is going to buy me my name not being written in the Lamb's book of life, in this book of life that is being spoken of here, that when it's open, every name that's written in there will be in heaven for all eternity. A name that is not written in there will never be in heaven. There is no hope. There's not an an opportunity that once you die, someone can actually pay money or do some service, do some things for the church, do some things for God, go and do some things for the homeless, go and do some things for the unfortunate in order to, to do something, in order to have your name who is passed on to be transcribed into we're printed into that book of life. We can't do that. I can't, I can't make you go. I can't put your name in the book of life. That is a choice that you have to make. And so the, the gospel is God made a way for you to do it. The good news is that you can go to heaven if you want to. And Paul says, man, that's what my whole MO is, man. My whole modus operandi, my whole heart. This is the reason I exist is to go from town to town when I get in front of people is to tell them, hey, you can go to heaven too, just like me. You just gotta accept Christ the way I've accepted Christ. Have Him forgive you of your sins as He's forgiven me of my sins. I'm not asking you to do anything that I haven't done myself. That's the job that we have as believers today is to go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's what Jesus said. That's called the Great Commission, right? We know that. Go into all the world and preach the good news. The good news is that mankind can be saved because Jesus Christ paid the price. But unless you receive that gift of eternal life, your name will never be written in the Lamb's book of life. And so that's what Paul's saying. We all work together. We had one mind, right? Implore Yoria and Syntyche to have a mind that brings them back to a place where they can work together because the devil would love to get in the details. The devil would love to go in and separate. The devil would love to go in and cause discord and destroy what greatness God was doing through us. There's a lot of people whose names are in the book of life because we all work together. And it's going to be an awesome time. And so, so Paul says in verse four, he says, now here's the thing. I gotta hurry. Rejoice in the Lord, and again I say rejoice. At first reading, I read this in in an old song from Keith Green. I don't know, you guys ever remember Keith Green? Yeah, so you guys, you know, you remember the old song here? Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice. Okay, all right. I'm getting that song. It's a great song. It's kind of a really uppity song, and, you know, kind of gets your blood flowing and what have you. But so I think of that song. But I think, why, Paul, did he write... Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Why did he have to reiterate it to us? And I, I camped on this for a while and I'm thinking, Lord, I won't speak for everyone else, but I'll speak for me. I know me. I know that me and my present, I, 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 I look at it I, I, and I, I wonder, could it be that we as a people in the present, that we tend to focus on the negative, that we tend to focus on the difficulties, that we tend to focus on the trials and the tough times so much that we we can't allow ourselves to rejoice. We become so consumed with how bad that we have it that we tend to murmur and complain because of the circumstances that we're in rather than rejoice in the Lord. Paul's going to rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say rejoice. We heard you the first time. Why do you have to say it the second time? Murmur, 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 you know. We do. We we, we tend to uh, well maybe I should just say myself, but you no, know, I'll include a lot of us. We sometimes tend to major in the negatives and minor in the positives. I don't want to have this be a new age message. That's not what this is about. The point is, do we reflect on the good that God has done in our life or do we reflect on the present bad things that happen that we're enduring at the time? Maybe you encounter an unpleasant circumstance or a time in your life, such as a a loss of a relationship, maybe a loss of a job. Your car breaks down on the side of the road. Present turmoil in your house with a child or a spouse, an unexpected financial hardship comes your way, or or whatever it is. As a person, we may tend to focus only on the negative of that present time or or, or of that situation, and and we become like Eeyore. How many of you guys know who Eeyore is? Yeah, you guys know who Eeyore is, buddy of 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 Winnie the Pooh. He's the pessimistic, depressed, gloomy donkey with a pin on tail, right? He's a donkey without a tail. And in order to make himself look more like a tail, they use a tack to put a fake tail on him. (laughs) Oh, me. Oh, my. Eeyore. He lives by the mantra, if anything can go wrong, it will in my life. Sometimes we live that way, don't we? And, 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 and we, we become so focused on the things that can always go bad in our life that we, we live each day in what is going to go wrong today. Instead of rejoicing in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. We focus on just the negative. We focus on how bad life can be. Eeyore, he, he usually expects misfortune to happen to him. He accepts it when it does, and he rarely even tries to prevent it. How many of us are like Eeyore that sits there and, 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 and you just go, well, today I, I just expect something bad to happen. You know, oh it figures. It figures. His, his catchphrase, (laughs) his catchphrase is, thanks for noticing me. Oh, I'm Eeyore. Thanks for noticing me. It figures if it's going to rain on someone, it's usually me. You know someone like this? Every one of us probably knows something like that, right? The harder question is, does this kind of ring true in your own life? A couple of days ago, I called scheduling uh, for the airline I work with in and uh, it was on Thursday and I I had, had just finished up six days of being on reserve where I flew not one day. And that was torture because I sat in a hotel until 2 o'clock every day because that's when I had to check out, never knowing what my day consisted of because they could call me. You know, most of my days I'm on duty from 5 o'clock in the morning until 7 o'clock at night. But there was a few days in there that I was on duty from 10 o'clock in the morning until 11 o'clock at night. And I took pictures, sent them to my wife and my father. I think I sent them to you, Dad, and my son that uh, showed a picture of what Charlotte Airport looks like at 11 o'clock at night. (laughs) I can roll 15 bowling balls down those hallways and I'm not going to hit anyone. It's just blank. I have two pictures that... I look the extent of a full-on terminal that usually has thousands of people in it, and I saw one person all the way at the end, and that guy had just got done cleaning up his booth, <laughs> and he was going home. And I'm like, what am I doing here? Why does the airline have me here at this time? Can of hear what's going on in my voice there? The end of my six days on Thursday, I called him and said, hey, uh, Every day I'd call them and say, hey, do you have any flying for me? No, nope, no, nope, I don't have any flying for you. All right. Okay. <laughs> you know? And when, when that happens, when I'm at my base, which my base is in Charlotte, I actually have to pay for my hotels. That gets expensive at four, 45 bucks a pop. Now, granted, I get a little bit of a break, but this is not a nice hotel, <laughs> You know, it's not one that you'd want to, honey, let's go to North Carolina and let's stay in this hotel. No, my wife would not be happy. (laughs) No, this is not a break. (laughs) You know, here's the thing. It cost me 45 bucks a night to stay there. Six nights in a row I had to stay there. And I'm like, oh man, this is killing me financially. I want to fly. When I fly, they pay for my hotels. And I stay in nice hotels. I don't stay in nice hotels when it's on my time. I'm not going to spend that kind of money on a nice hotel. So here's the thing. And then they they say, all right, the latest you can check out is 2 o'clock. So I get to check out. I get to go in after 11 o'clock at night, and I have to check out at 2 o'clock the next day. Go back to the terminal in my uniform and sit in a crew room and watch the paint dry. Well, it's been dry for years because it's old. You just sit there, and you just wait for your phone to ring every time the phone rings oh, it's my wife no I don't do it that way (laughs) no I didn't do I don't do that I did not do that okay here's the thing I you look oh it's not it's not scheduling sometimes it was scheduling hello Von Haskins 33620 Oh, yeah, hey, Don, how you doing? I got schedule change for you. Oh, okay, good, good. What what do we got, flying? Uh, no, no, you're uh, just duty tomorrow. You start at 10 and you get off at 11. Well, now that's not nice. Okay, all right, you hang up. Oh, tomorrow I'm going to be here till 11. Today I was only here till 7. So, so I, I've already, I've, all day, oh, man, I'll tell you, I was talking to my wife every time she called. I'm sitting here at the airport doing nothing. Wish I was flying. That's, what do they do? They, they hired me on. They trained me to do. And here I'm not doing anything. You know? <laughs> and, and then I'm thinking, all right, here it's the end of my time. I had put in a couple weeks ago. I had been, I'd been putting in for time off so that I could teach here last weekend. The sixth and the seventh I wanted to be off so I could be here and teach. And I, there's a certain way you gotta type in you gotta type an email to them and say hey GCOM general communication hey can I have my 6th and 7th day off or my 16th and 17th day off I wanna switch those 2 days so I can be home on the weekend cause I wanted to teach I wanted to be here with you guys I heard nothing back did it again heard nothing back I did it 4 maybe 5 times didn't hear anything back I just figure, okay, no big deal. I just got to have to work six days in a row. That's fine. But towards the very end, my last day, I go in and I call, I call them scheduling and I say, hey, I've been on for six days. Can I get off an hour and 45 minutes early so I can catch a flight home? I've been on for six days. I just want to catch a a flight home so I can be with my family. And the scheduler said, oh, hi. uh, uh, Hi, Don. Um, Yeah, actually, you've only been on for four days. I said, no, I've been on for six, been here for six. Yeah, no, no, we show you only on the schedule for four. She goes, but I'll see if I can let you off. And I I couldn't let it die. I said, "Uh, I'm sorry. Actually, I've been here for six, six days. And she says, the numerous emails that you sent us to have off, we saw them, we approved it. You had that weekend off. But you have to call us to find out whether or not you had it off. I said, well, I was emailing you. Read your contract. You got to call us. Now, you don't want to make scheduling mad. So I, yes, ma'am, I'm so sorry. I, I, I'm new to this. I don't know that. I, I'll do better next time. <laughs> but I got off the phone and I'm kind of steaming. I'm kind of going, are you kidding me? I sent all these emails. Couldn't you have just said, hey, here's a guy that's just being an idiot. He doesn't know what he's doing. Hey, from now on, don't. Don't expect us to answer these things back. But yes, you've been approved. No, they didn't do that. Nobody wanted to take the time for that. And so I, I, I'm i supposed to call and find out every day. Hey, did I get it off? Uh, we, haven't, we haven't done it yet. Call back tomorrow. Call back later on today. All right. Call again. You keep calling until they just go. Would you quit calling us? Doesn't make any sense. I'm venting. Sorry. The thing is, I had it off and I was grumbling and I was complaining. And my wife finally got sick and tired of me, grumbling and complaining. She's going, you fly jets. I know, not this week I didn't. <laughs> and I just, you fly jets. And that's kind of a funny statement that I have with my wife. Anything that, a hardship that comes along for about the last six months, hey, I fly jets. Yeah, I fly jets. Or uh, over the, since March, I fly jets. So any hardship that comes along, well, at least I fly jets, you know. And it's just a, a little thing between my wife it's not anything of, of a proud boasting thing it, the thing is is that it's my wife and I are sitting here going I can't believe that I get to fly jets It is stupid to, that I get to do this but I do and, and I still can't believe it but the thing is is that I grumbled and I complained and I sat there and, and my wife brought to my attention she said if a year ago this would have hap- they said that this was going to happen to you would you have gladly Fly jets. Would you gladly have taken this? Would this even be an issue to you? Quit making sense. All right? (laughs) I want to grumble and I want to complain. Uh, The point is, rejoice in the Lord always. She goes, you fly jets. I don't know why. I don't know how. I still can't believe it, but you fly jets. Yeah, I, I guess I get the opportunity to do that. I'm blessed I get to do that. Here's the thing. We can become so consumed with the bad things. And my whole last week was just, I was fuming all week. It's probably a good thing that I didn't teach. Well, if I would have been off, I would have been happy. <laughs> it would have been a good message last week, you know. But but I was just in a bad mood all week long. And and I, I reflected back on it. And I'm going, Lord, this kind of hammered me. Because I focused on the bad things that were happening in my life. And the point that I want to make here, guys, I think you see it. As as we look at this and, and we see the things that happen in our life. Now, listen, you have bad things that happen in your life. You might think they always happen to you and they never happen to anybody else. What we're going to do here in a in, in just a month or two, maybe two, two months, I think, we're actually going to get together as a church. You remember that survey that we took, that questionnaire thing that we took? We're still working on it. We're Actually, we're having a meeting tonight, you know, talking about some of the things. But we're going to actually, all of us are going to get together and we're going to go over some of these things. And one of the things that we're going to do is we're going to get a like a poster board and we're going to have you take your life and mark down on little pieces of yellow sticky notes and put down on these sticky notes all the... All the momentous moments of your own life. Maybe a time where it can be spiritual. It doesn't have to be a spiritual thing, but you're going to find out that there's going to be a lot of spiritual things down there where God met a need, where God did an awesome thing in your life, where God did something and, and you never thought that he would, and you sit there and you begin to go back and you reflect on those, and all of a sudden you have like 50 of these things. And then I'm going to give you little pink pieces of paper. And those are going to be the painful times. Pink is for pink or pink is for pain. I don't know why they did that, but that's just it. Pink for pain. These are the painful times of life that that caused a change in your life, that caused something to go in your life. A blue will do a blue one and the blue one will be, you know, what did you learn out of that? What What changed in your life as a result of the pink pain, you know? And so there's, what it is, it's just kind of an evaluation of your own life. It's you taking stock of your own life. And here's the thing. It's very elementary. Very elementary. We'll get into it a little bit more. But here's the thing. As you start putting this stuff down, and I'm going, why am I, why am I doing this? I'm wasting my time doing this. Come on, I'm a pastor. I don't need it. I understand everything that happened. No, guess what? You go back and you begin to look at all of the things that God has done in your life. And I open that little piece of paper every once in a while and I look at it and I go, God, you've been good to me. You've been so good to me. Look at what you've done in my life. And I think that's what Paul's getting at here. He's saying rejoice in the Lord. In the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. If nothing else... Your life is in the pits. Your life is destitute of finances. Your life has no relationship. You have no job. You have nothing. But you have the Lord. Can I tell you, and can I encourage you with this? I don't, I don't mean to minimize those things because those things are tough, aren't they? If you have the Lord, you have everything. You have everything. God is greater than the problems that we have. And you and I, we might look at that and go, "Yeah, well, if if only he'd give me what that person has, then I could I could I could be happy in the Lord." But see, our, our rejoicing in the Lord and our, our contentment in God should not be dependent upon what we get in life or the the, the, the material items that we have in life. Not the job that we have in life or the relationship that we, we might have in life with a spouse, with a child, whatever it may be, or with a friend, you know, uh, it, or what kind of, you know, car I have or what part of the neighborhood I live in or what house I have or what boat I have, whatever it is that you might think that I need to have in order to be content and happy in this life. It's a lie. Those things are not going to bring contentment. And I know the joke, listen, money doesn't bring happiness, but it sure does make misery a whole lot better to live with. I understand it. But the point is, if you have the Lord, you have everything. And when we get to heaven, here's the one thing that he's saying. He's saying, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice and I'm so out of time. So I'm going to give Kevin part of these verses so he'll be happy and he'll quit crying, okay? Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. I love that he puts in the Lord is at hand. He's saying rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. He he interjects, hey, God's coming back. Jesus is coming back. And it doesn't matter about all these other things. Jesus is coming back. Let's not live for the things that we have in this world. Let's not live for the, the 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 problems that we might endure in this world and focus only on those. Rejoice in the Lord always, I say, rejoice. Your name is written in the book of life. If nothing else happens in your life and your name is written in that book, it doesn't matter what happens in your life. Because here's the thing. If you're focusing your life, if you're focusing your mind on God and and recognizing I, as I shared quite a while ago in Philippians chapter 2 about the bondservant, not being a bondservant, not being a willing slave, but you were bought. I'm actually a slave of God. I'm a slave of Christ. My, I have no more rights. It's, my rights are His. He does with my life as He wills. Am I willing to come to a place in life where I say, I am absolutely devoid of rights in my life. My rights reside in Christ. My life resides in Christ. Everything that I am is dependent upon what God wants to do in my life. When we bring ourselves to that point, it's a matter of perspective. Who do you belong to? If you belong to you, you're going to be miserable. It was old Corey Timboom that used to say, Look within and be depressed. Look without and be distressed. Or look at my Jesus and be at rest, right? Why'd she say look within and be depressed? Because when we just always focus on self, that's one of, the, that's one of those boring subjects in all of life is when you focus only on self. You won't rejoice in the Lord because you're focused on self. Focus on the Lord. Because here's the thing. Paul says, know this, Jesus is coming back and he's coming back soon. He's at hand. It could happen today. Live today as if Jesus were coming back. Live for him. I remember many, many years ago when I wasn't walking with the Lord and I was doing some ugly things that the world would enjoy. And I remember, oh Lord, just don't come back now because I don't want to have this in my hand when I look at you face to face. I don't want to be like this. I don't want, I don't want to have to face you with this. And, and, and so here's the thing. Instead of coming up with a logical conclusion, well then get the thing out of your hand and get away from it. No, I enjoy it too much. I'm just going to bank on the, but the Lord's not going to come back today and I'm not going to have to answer for it. You know, it's a horrible thing. But when you devoid yourself of, of the things that are you, and now, mind you, we're going to deal with this our whole life. Your whole earthly life, you're going you're to be battling the flesh. There's a battle Paul talks about between the flesh and the spirit. Constant. It's going to always be here. One day, when we're in heaven, that battle's going to be over. Can't wait for that day. But until that day comes, you're going to have a battle. The thing is, who's going to win the battle? Flesh, Selfishness? Self- if that's the case, you're going to live a miserable life, as Corey Ten Boom says. You look within, and that's who you focus on. You're going to be depressed. If you struggle with depression, is it because you 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 care more about what other people think? Care about what your friends think? Care about what your parents think? Care about what your you know teachers think? Care about what your coworkers think? Care about what nobody that is even remotely a friend with you? Think about it. We oftentimes operate our life because we don't want the public to look down on us. Who's the public? They'll forget your face tomorrow. One thing that I see in the terminals is I'm amazed and I probably some of you guys have done this. You've been in a very big crowd and I would encourage all of you to do this. When you get around a big crowd, Look at every single face that you can look at. And I, I do. I just look at faces as I'm walking through. Walking through the airport and just seeing thousands upon thousands and thousands upon thousands of faces every single day and to recognize, God, you created every one of these individually. Every one of these people are individuals. There's no face that looks exactly like the next face. There's some similarities maybe. Maybe. But everybody's different. And, and, and here's the thing. But here's, here's the thing. Not one of these people know who I am. Not one of these people. They'll forget me. I can trip and fall. They'll go, oh yeah, I saw a guy that flew airplanes. He tripped and fall, fell in front of me. They'll never remember my name. They'll never remember who. They don't care about me. Why do we live for the world? God will never forget your name. God will never forget you. Live for the Lord. The Lord is at hand. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let's not focus on self. Look without and be distressed. She said, it's because when you look around, you can be really, really, really distressed, especially right now in the political climate that we have right now, right? If you're a Democrat in here, you're a Republican in here, you know, that I even said that there might be both of them in here makes some of you guys nervous. I don't want to know because I don't want to not like them anymore. Stop it. You become so distressed when you look around. Listen, God died for the Republicans. God died for the independents. God died for the Democrats. The designer of the Green New Deal, he died for her too. He died for everyone. He loves us. Here's the thing. Doesn't mean you have to agree with everyone. The point is, quit looking around for Happiness amongst the world. Look to Jesus. Because that's where you're going to find rest. That's what Paul's getting at. I don't have time to go through any more of this, but I would encourage you to read this and understand that what Paul is saying here is he's saying, I want you to, to recognize that you have been saved. Your perspective in your position with the Lord. Recall the good that he has done to and with you. And that's one thing that I can't wait until we do do these, these papers, these boards. Because I'll refer back to it. Hey, go back to your board. Look at the good things that God has done in your life. As a pastor, I get the opportunity to hear a lot of people that will come to me and go, well, this is the bad things going on. These are the hard things. This is what's going on. and And, and a lot of discouragement can come. And my job is to go, hey, but what is the Lord doing? What can the Lord be doing through the midst of this? Recall that you've been saved. He rescued you. If nothing else, recall that God is God and he has a plan and his plan is perfect. Revelation 16:7 says, "Righteous and true are your judgments, Lord God almighty." We will never be in heaven and go, God, that wasn't fair. God, you should not have done that. God, you dropped the ball in my life right there. No, 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 no. We're not going to ever say that. We're going to go, oh. (laughs) Oh. I never would have thought that. It's the old things that, you know, grandma used to have. I hate to say that because some of you guys might be into it, but like the crocheting, or not crocheting, but the the little... uh, pictures that have the, you know, the, the the canvas boards, you know, that have all the yarn that you put the yarn through and it has a picture on the yarn, you know. Have you ever done any of those? You know what those, what I'm talking about? They have a, a wooden frame and the canvas there and, you know, they have the, it's kind of a cool looking picture. You got the green yarn, the yellow yarn, blue yarn, green, you know, all the different colors of yarn and it makes up this really cool looking picture. Have you ever taken one of those those frames and turned it around backwards and seen what looked like, what it looked like on the other side. It's a mess. It's a bunch of little hairs that are just all just like this. Can you, can you see the picture? Absolutely not. You don't know what it looks like. It's just a tangled web of colors. And, and I would suggest to you and I would present to you that, you know what, sometimes that's how we look at our life. On the earth, that's how we see our life. We only see the back of the canvas. But God's seeing the front of the canvas. He knows what's going to make you who he wants to make you. He knows what he's doing in your life and allowing you to go through is preparing you for something else down the road. But it's so hard. I know. I know. But it doesn't feel fair. I know. I know it doesn't. I know it's hard, but if we trust in the Lord, somewhere down the road, we're going to look back and we're going to go, oh, I never would have done it that way, but Lord, I see how you did this and that and this and that. Sometimes God gives us those little golden nuggets on life right now, doesn't he? He allows us to see the good that can come out of bad sometimes, the trials and the, 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 the difficulties Paul, all that he's saying and what I'm trying to say to you guys, because I don't know when I'm going to be back on a Sunday morning, I will say this. My brothers and sisters, my beloved, my joy and my crown, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice, for the Lord is at hand. Keep your eyes fixed on him. He has a perfect plan for your life. His perfect plan for your life is not the plan that you think it is. It often differs. We all think that we might know exactly what's going to happen in our life when all of a sudden the Lord throws a curveball and everything that we had planned on is just now wiped away. It's erased away and you go, well, that doesn't make any sense and now I'm angry with the Lord because it didn't work the way that I thought it was going to be. Wait a minute. Trust the Lord even in those times. If you belong to the Lord, he is the one who's weaving the tapestry of your life. He is the one that is writing out the poema, the poem of your life. It's a perfect, it's a perfect poem. You have a great life that God is putting out in front of you. A useful life for him. He loves you. He loves you more than you love you. You even love yourself. Here's the thing. Trust him. Believe him. When you begin to be depressed, ask yourself, Am I focused too much inwardly? If you start to get anxious and get distressed, ask yourself, Am I looking at the world around me and I'm, am I trying to please other people? And if either one of those things are happening, slow down and go, Lord, center my vision back on you. Because, Lord, I don't want to be depressed. I don't want to be distressed. Here's what I want to be. I want to be rejoicing in you because, Lord, you can come back today. And I, I, want to, I, want to, I want you to be proud of me today. I want to live for you. I want to live for you. I want to crack a smile on your face. I shared it in worship. Lord, have you ever thought about God that way? God, I want you to look at me as as I know my dad did, as I do with Nathan When he does something good. When he does something that I'm just so proud of. I just sit here and my heart swells with pride over my son. I just not not a bad pride. But in a loving heart, just going, That's my son. He did this the right way. Good job. I'm so proud of you. I'm so, so proud of you. He just got his pilot's license the other day. He's a pilot don't go flying with him yet, okay? (laughs) I'm just joking. Here's the thing. I'm so proud of him. Not just because of the accomplishment, but because I know the road that it took for him to get there. And and I know it was difficult. And I know he had a couple of hurdles that he had to go through. And I know he was scared through some of those hurdles. But I see that he conquered it. He crushed it. He did a great job. And I'm like, hey, what a life lesson. I'm so proud of you. I, I heard it on an airplane. He told me, he called me on the airplane. I just was coming. I wasn't even landed yet. I wasn't flying. <laughs> okay. I was actually a passenger going from one base to another. They were repositioning me to go and fly another airplane. But I was going from one place to another, but I was on final and my phone came alive and it rang. And I'm like, okay, well, this is kind of a compromising place or kind of a, a you know, a, a time where, As a pilot, should I pick up the phone when I know that my phone's not supposed to be on? And what are all the passengers gonna think? But I saw it was Nathan. I'm going, I don't care what they say. Hey, how you doing? Dad, yeah. Hey, I just wanted to call and let you know. I did it. I passed. I started crying. I was so proud of him. And and God gives me those kinds of visions and hopefully he gives you those kind of, of times in your life where you go, God, when I talk to you like that, when I, when I say, hey, God, thank you. God, do I bring tears to your eyes? And, and you look at me and go, good job. You did good job. God is not against you. God loves you. He is passionate for you. You are his kid. Live like it. He's not there to hurt you. He's there and he loves you and he has a plan for your life that makes sense? Rejoice in him. Father, thank you so much for being how good you are. God, you are the almighty. You're the creator of all things. You don't need us, and yet you choose us. You don't need anything that we can offer in order to be any more God than you are, to be any more happy than you are, to be any more powerful as you are. You need nothing from us to be anything more, to be any more complete than what you are. And yet, Lord, you choose to love us. You choose to forgive us. You choose to desire a relationship with us. That blows my mind because I know me. If I were you, I wouldn't really love me like you love me. And I'm so thankful, God, that you are not bound by my ways. But you have your own ways. And you love us. You love me still. You love us. God, help us to keep our hearts and our minds focused on you. Help us to rejoice. And again, Lord, may we rejoice in you. May we always remember the good that you have done in our life. What you've saved us from, what you've saved us to. And how our lives are being transformed day after day to become more and more like you. More and more like the person that you want us to be. And God, when we get our eyes off you, God, reveal it to us very quickly that we can get our eyes back fixed on you very quickly. Thank you, God, for the undeserved love that we have from you. Thank you. You are an awesome Father, and we love you so much. I pray for my brothers and sisters in this room that this will be one of those messages that they can can carry on for the rest of their life as they look to you as a good Father that loves them so much. You're not there to injure for injury's sake. You are there for their good, good. Jeremiah 29:11 I know it's a very used verse. I know the thoughts that I have for you says the Lord thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and to give you a hope to bring you to a glorious end. Thank you God for having a heart and a love for us. God, we want to have that same heart back to you. Bless this congregation, Lord love them, be with them, protect them. Lord, until we all come back together again, Lord, I'm gonna miss this time. Thank you, Lord, for Kevin and all that he does, Christine, all that she does here at the church. Lord, lift them to you as they're coming back from vacation, just kind of getting back into the swing of things. Pray, Lord, that you be with them. You anoint Kevin's heart, his mind, and his tongue, Lord, that he would be able to carry on fruitful teaching and encouragement to draw us all closer to you. Thank you, God, for Calvary Chapel Christian Fellowship. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening. So, did Jesus cause a change in you today? Or do you need prayer? We'd love to hear from you please contact us by visiting our website at calvarychapelcf.com or call our office at 941-926-3717. That's 941-926-3717. Again, thanks for listening to In the Word with Pastor Don.